Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another one of Wessex LMC's podcast. My name is Louise Greenwood. I'm Director of Education at Wessex LMC's, and I'm delighted to be joined by two um, colleagues today, um, Sue Scott and Matt Perkins. So would you like to both introduce yourselves, please? So I'm Sue Scott. I'm a practice manager in a practice in Fairham, um, and I've been a practice manager for more than 20 years now. And Matt? Uh, hi, yeah, Matt Perkins. I've been a practice manager for a similar length of time, about 14 years. Um, have a practice in the New Forest and now a bigger merged practice, of course. And we're going to talk about mergers today. So um, Sue and Matt are very good friends of Wessex LMCs. They're very experienced practice managers and they're two of our practice manager supporters. Um, and we really value their opinions and they're doing the work on the ground as we speak. So that's really helpful. Um, we're really talking about how it feels to merge practices. What the sort of big things you remember, what is maybe some of the pitfalls. We can't possibly in a sort of 10, 15 minute podcast cover everything. So there's lots of information out there about merging, lots of information on our website but because Sue and Matt have been through this fairly recently we thought it might be helpful just to chat through some of the things that they came across um, and some of the things they had wished they had done earlier. So we're going to start off with Matt. Um, so to start with why did you think merging was going to be a good idea? Um, I guess we thought well, this is going back quite a number of years now um, probably although we've been merged for two years the conversation started about five years ago I guess just understanding the challenges that were facing general practice and those that were coming up um, we kind of had an inkling of the kind of PCN um, structure coming that, that bigger was going to be the, the model that CCGs wanted to work with um, and uh, felt that, um, you know, with the kind of growing recruitment crisis for GPs, that actually being um, bigger um, would encourage us to uh, recruit and retain GPs because in a bigger partnership, um, there's kind of less risk uh, if you're one of 23 versus being one of three or four partners in a partnership. So we felt um, that would set us up for the future in a way that um, could. And we were in well positioned being in uh, three practices in a town, albeit with two um, outpost branch surgeries. And how did it fit? So when the when this sort of conversation was first broached, did it feel, I can't imagine 100% of people say, yes, fantastic, massive change, this is going to be great. Or was there a real feeling of positivity? Did you have to drag people along? Was the initial idea well received? It was, I think it, there were a lot of conversations. We had a lot of different models, um, everything from super partnerships to federations to all the things that a lot of people have been thinking about. Um, I th so there were a number of conversations. I think it came to a point where um, it was kind of let's uh, let's let's go for it. Um, and we, you know, at that point, we then kind of had an away day to um, discuss it uh, more fully um, and to, um, you know, to see where we might go and what the kind of uh, what the ethos, what the kind of statement of purpose might be um, in a merged organisation. Um, and I think, you know, that is a, a crucial piece of work um, uh, to be done to understand, you know, exactly what um, what your mission statement might be. For us, it was a safe working day um, and delivering a better model of patient care um, than we had. So that, that was our example, but other people will merge for um, different reasons. I think we all felt we were very similar and on the, on the same page. I think um, what we've learned since then is, you know, um, actually there's a huge number of differences between 
um, surgeries, even in the same, you know, even next door to each other in the same town. Um, and that's part of the, uh, the, the challenge and the um, interest in, in bringing these organisations together. Yeah, that's interesting. I remember I'm um, talking to Roger Morgan from Sanderson, so an accountant we work with quite a lot. He's done some of our training sessions for us. And he was talking about how getting alignment is really important. It's all about behaviours and cultures. And geographically, you might be close. But actually, if two practices or two or three practices aren't aligned in their behaviours and their cultures, it's never going to work. So I think those things are really important. So, Sue, you've merged fairly recently. Yeah, so we merged three um, practices into one. We had been working really closely together and the same as Matt, we were the PCN and the way the future lies, it does make sense for the practice to be the PCN. Um, so we had 14 partners. Um, we did a lot of work around that culture and a lot of talking about, you know, what was important. Uh, we, set, we set principles for, for things as well just because we could then get everybody on a, great, on a single page and say, so this is what we were agreeing. Um, of course, it doesn't always stay like that. But, you know, going into the merger, everyone was very aligned. And I would, what amazed me the most, I think, was how brilliant the partners were. They just left us to get on with it. If we asked them to do something, they just did it. Um, and for me, that made a massive difference because That's if you huge. have to battle people yeah. as you're trying to move through that merger, it's very hard. We did it very quickly as well. We decided in April and we merged in October. Um, and that was quite, it was, it was a very tight time frame, but it did feel like we were pulling the sticking plaster off quickly. Um, yes. and, and I think sometimes if you've got a short time frame, you don't have as much time to to debate things and mull things over quite a lot so um, yes and sometimes you can keep the impetus and the energy going you yeah. know over a short space of time where it's possibly harder over a, over a longer longer period yeah and and we did have a plan that if we couldn't do it by october then we would extend it to december or even you know the end of march but actually once we started moving everything forward it you could see that it was going to be able to come together by october yeah. And there must be a lot of things, Matt, that you need to consider. So finance, workload, management, IT, CQC, so much. Where would you start? Who do you ring first and say, we're thinking of merging? Find, a, um, find an unsuspecting ex-practice manager to be a project manager for you. Um, no, I'm joking, but um, we, well, we were not, very not, lucky. Not we, such a silly idea, actually. I think that's probably quite a good idea. We, we actually did employ um, using some funding um, a project manager to, to deliver some of those nuts and bolts because there is a huge amount of it, whether it's whether it's IT merger, whether it's um, dealing with uh, you know leases, um, uh, dealing with legal documentation, um, the merger agreement, partnership deed, all of those kind of things. So it, there is a huge amount to do. Um, I'm very impressed that Sue did it in such a short time frame. It took us a lot longer. Um, but I guess, it, you know, just the, the main things to consider here, I, I think, and I, we joked beforehand that actually it's, it's finance and workload that are the key factors in a partnership. Those are the things that will make the difference. Those are things that will potentially make or break partnerships. Um, and, uh, and, and so those are things kind of to, to really start considering because, um, you might have partnerships that are very different in their levels of finance. And when I say levels of finance, I mean profit per partner, 
um, uh, in terms of um, some may own buildings, some may not. So it, we were very lucky. And actually, as it turned out, our finances, our profit per partner and per session were actually very similar. But that could not be the case. Um, and that's something that is probably, you know, very important to consider. Do you keep your finances separate for a year or two years? Um, if they're different, do you do you join them together? Um, if you join them together, there's bound to be winners and losers in terms of um, partners. So how do you mitigate, mitigate against that? Do you income protect some partners if actually by joining together, it's going to mean a, um, a lower profit? I think all partners also need to be aware that often in mergers, um, the first year or two of a merger sees actually a, a you know it's it's a cost, not a you won't see the benefits. I think a lot of people think fine, we're going to merge, we're going to save lots of money, and yes, there's huge amounts of opportunity to um, to save money on contracts and things, um, you know, all those maintenance things you can do one or the insurance um, deals and things like that you can make, but initially that may not. May not necessarily be the case. Um, so yeah, understanding that I think is really important and understand the realities of it. And linked to that is also then the workload, of course. So you'll have different list sizes potentially. Um, you'll have different staff numbers, you'll have different whole time equivalents, um, different yeah, staff per thousand patients. And so how how is that going to sit when you're merged and you're you know sitting in one site potentially? Um, with a bigger list size than your colleague down the road with a um, bigger or smaller list size with a bigger or larger um, uh, profit share. So those are the kind of things that actually really need to be brought out in the open. And perhaps we, we kind of just thought, oh, it'll be fine. Uh, but actually, those are the, are the conversations and discussions that you need to, um, to consider to enable it to be as smooth as possible and to bring everyone along with you. And talking about the finances, so did you push for October? Did you have an October year end, September year end? Was, was that particularly why you wanted that particular month? No, we, we had, um, well, one practice had a March year end and the other two practices had an April year end. So somebody was going to have to move anyway. The reason we went for October was because um, it's very difficult. If you merge around March time, then there are problems around the merger of the clinical systems because EMIS or... System one don't want to merge close to the end of the year because of quaff and everything. Um, so the, the merging of the clinical systems was our biggest driver for the time frame. Um, so uh, what we actually did was we merged our clinical systems before the actual merge. So we merged one practice into the other um, at the beginning of September, and then we did the other practice two weeks later. So on merger date, the systems were already merged um, and we had a really lovely merger day because it was it wasn't the hassle of a computer system not working or we had in effect merged before that so um, so that was our main driver and we did say we would extend it to December if needed um, but the timings all worked out mm. uh, and we we had the benefit of healthcare computing who were absolutely amazing, actually. They, they were really good. We were unfortunate that the CSU had just um, been disbanded at that point and moved into healthcare computing. So normally a lot of that work would have been handled by the CSU, but because they were in a transition phase, they weren't as 
readily available to help, but healthcare computing were absolutely amazing. Well, that's great to hear. And you're both Hampshire, Hampshire practices, aren't you? Um, and I think, so you talked about different peoples and good days and things. So one of the big things must be, people must feel threatened. If you've got sort of a group of people, perhaps a group of managers, you've got three practice managers, one's going to have to be the big practice manager and the other two are going to have to be slightly inferior. Is that how it went like that? Or do you take on different roles? Or that I can imagine that being quite a tense conversation that might be dodged for a little while. I can just feel that might be a sort of a conversation that be, might be too difficult to have to start with. Yeah, and I think that that is a real, a real risk for some practices. For me, it didn't really affect me very much because I was just of the opinion, well, when we merge, I will leave anyway. Um, I think for it was very obvious who was going to be the the more senior practice manager because that practice manager was a partner already anyway. Um, but I think we what how we did it was we divided the roles out. So so I became the merger manager, which was the project manager for doing the merger, with the intention of actually once we've merged, if that all ends, I that will be the end of my job, and then. Um, Obviously, the the manager the manager who is a partner led with a lot of the a lot of the strategic stuff, and the other the other practice manager managed around the premises and the estates kind of side of it. So so it worked with the three of us having a little pot of the of the workload as well, but the bulk of it did fall to me to actually drive it through. But, but you didn't really have nice to be protected by the other two to be able to do that. I was going to say, if, if you're dividing it up like that, you're not having to hold the whole merger and having to hold everything else that's going on in the practice. Because everything else in the practice isn't going to stop, is it? Just because you're going through a merger. <laughs> right. um, and how about the communications, Matt, with your, I'm, I'm guessing patient engagement, you've got stakeholders to talk to. What, what, where did you start with that kind of stuff and what did you do? And obviously there's there's requirements that the CCG appropriately place on us um, to make sure that we actually we bring patients along with us. Um, from memory, it seems like a long time ago now, we did a big kind of patient survey um, and held um, a public meeting um, to discuss kind of the the proposed merger, what it what it meant, what it didn't mean. I think the key thing there was that what this wasn't was some big corporate takeover because <laughs> you you might change your name and people immediately think that's some kind of um, you know Virgin Health or something like that moving in and uh, and taking over. So um, I think understanding that actually we're still the same partners and the same teams and the same sites delivering care, but just in a um, you know getting ourselves set for um, a more robust um, future. So. I think bringing yeah bringing patients along has been has been crucial all the way through and um, you know obviously we have our uh, PPG meetings and they are um, you know still important and we two years on we're still discussing the merger um, I don't think we'll ever finish merging I think in ten years time I'll still be saying we're still merging um, because in some senses it's just an ongoing process um, but yeah patient um, communication and obviously staff communication and bringing staff along. Um, I think you've mentioned, you know, that there, yes, there is a lot of um, uncertainty. Um, potentially, people assume, oh, we're merging. That means they're looking to lose people. And um, in fact, we've we've grown in people as as we know workloads going up in general practice. We need more and more people, not just PCN staff. Um, so, you know, at the moment, um, that is uh, that is the situation. So we need yeah more people, but people do get nervous. And of course, as soon as you 
um, have to uh, get HR involved. We used a local HR company to deal um, with all our tubing with um, staff's contracts and terms and conditions. Uh, doing a, a big piece of the, of the merger was around that. And again, a lot of reassurance, a lot of hand-holding, um, just to say to reassure that actually they weren't, you know, no one's going to lose out on their current terms and conditions. And in fact, what we can provide is, is a better set of you know, improved terms and conditions as all sites move together with their slightly different, you know, picking the best of all the all what the sites had and putting that all together. Um, so yeah, as with all these things, you can never communicate enough. And probably we'll all sit there and go, we wish we communicated more. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely critical all the way through. I remember talking to um, one of our colleagues on the practice manager, and she just said there were three practices merging, and each of the practice manager they did a little video just on their film together to say this is what's happening, and that was shown then to everybody, every possible person, all the partners, all the staff, all the patients, so that everybody heard with the same. Well, they just watched the same film and heard the intonation in the same way. So there was no, I'm saying it this way, you're saying it this way. And there can be a them and us thing and there might still be a them and us thing. Um, And you talked about different estates. Sue, have you still kept all your premises? Has premises been a big issue for you? Um, No, we've still kept all our premises. And that was one of the biggest things that the patients were worried about was the site going to close. Um, But no, we've kept all of our premises. One was leased, two were owned. So we have um, we have transferred over the lease. The property is going to go into a. Uh, we left that because it doesn't have to be done at date of merger. In fact, it can't be done at date of merger. It's, that has to happen afterwards. Otherwise, there are massive tax implications. Um, so we intend to sort the property out within the first year of merger. So that is the next thing on the on the list. And it's interesting what Matt said about the corporate view because that was something that came out from the staff actually they were really worried that it was going to be much more corporate and that was their biggest fear I think is that all crumbs you know we're now going to be huge because you know we are we've got 120 130 staff now um and general practice is well known for being like a family and a small small organisation so it felt very different but the staff have taken to it really well actually and the teams have all integrated really well Um, we have had quite a few staff changes um, but I think that was going to be inevitable anyway Um, but it hasn't massively impacted on the work and you know we have we do have happy staff and it is the benefit of being able to offer better benefits so none of the practices had maternity maternity leave in their package when we merged. But as part of the merger, we put maternity maternity benefits into the into the contract, which we couldn't have done as an individual practice because yeah. it was too expensive. It's interesting when you talk about the intangible things people are worrying about. You probably hadn't thought that being a change of name was going to be such a big thing but actually it's it's symbolic isn't it people just get get should get wind of something that might be um and you, and you talked about sort of still going on with merging and you, it feels like you're still merging and i suppose it's easy matt sometimes to blame things or because that's because of the merger and actually this these things might have happened anyway you might well have had a bit of staff churn but you will assume it's a merger thing yeah i think um yes uh, yeah things either get blamed on the merger um or you can use the merger as an excuse um, we also use COVID as an excuse because we merged at the beginning of COVID. So that was a great excuse when things didn't go right. Um, but I think it's, I think that the whole estates um, 
side of things is really interesting and how you how you structure yourself because on one on one hand the continuity we all know continuity of care is massively important we know that our teams in their own sites know the patients well um, the doctors know the patients the staff know the patients there's no point throwing that up in the air so respect if you don't really have to if you're you know moving to one building or or whatever one building you've got to move out of so to do that is really great for patients to keep the continuity to keep the teams that they know um, that's great in one respect, but of course the challenge then is is to become a merged organisation. How do you um, you do want a merged identity, not a corporate identity, but you do you want to be able to have the, uh, the benefits of that. And so, in some respects, um, we now now that we're getting more and more people working across different sites, whether they whether that's at a management level or a PCN level. Actually, you know, that's when the merger really starts to feel. So actually, if you don't do anything different, whilst that's great for, we call them little pods or teams, you know, you know they're still in their sites doing it. It's fantastic. But also, if we want to create a um, merger, realize some of those benefits and have centralized services for coils or injections or, you know, PCM services, then actually working across sites is also important. So you've got that little bit of a, um, of a, of a conflict um, to get to get through, but some of that, to say, is sometimes based on what the reality of your estates are. If you have you got one building, or have you got, in our case, five? Because um, that's quite difficult. So the messages I'm getting are: it's quite a long process. There's quite a lot involved. It seems to be quite invigorating. You both seem to be quite positive about it. I think there are exciting things, and it must be a massive challenge. Um, but yeah, there are benefits, and benefits obviously to the patients too. Um, use as many professionals as you can. So accountants, this is, um, we haven't even touched really on CQC, but they need to be involved as well, don't they? Um, obviously the CCG and the IT people. Um, I think as we're drawing to a close, I think Sue, we was, we just said a little bit earlier, is there anything that um, you wish you'd done before or wish in hindsight you had done differently? Um, so we, we had an awful lot of patients who had um, access to the NHS app. We were one of the, highest practices that had the NHS app being used. And I asked so many times, will the NHS app be affected when the systems merge? And I was reassured constantly, no, it won't have any effect. They might lose it for 24 hours, but it will come back up. Well, <laughs> that was not true. And everybody lost their NHS app except for the practice that we all merged into. So we kept one of the J numbers. That practice was fine with their NHS app, but both of the other practices lost all of their connections to online access and the NHS app. And because on the first merge, we weren't aware. And when patients were calling and saying, we've lost our online access, we didn't know. Um, it took us about a week to work out what had actually happened. And then, of course, a week later, we were merging again. So we had to put out an awful lot of comms to reassure people that, you know, this is going to be our process. This is how we're going to get it back on. And I think, I think probably we were probably one of the first practices to notice that because so many people now are relying on the NHS app because of the COVID passport that's attached to it. So, um, so that was a really big learning curve for everybody who was involved, to be honest, CCG, CSU, <laughs> you know, it, and it caused us, uh, an awful lot of work because we had in the region of 17, 18,000 patients who all lost their online access and it all had to be reset. Wow. 
resetting and that's a lot of phone calls that's a lot of angry patients isn't it yeah yeah wow that's huge really good to know thank you and um, thank you both i think we come to the end of our time now thank you so much matt oh did you want to say something else matt have you thought yeah go on just around just a little bit around the kind of the, the management structure just very briefly yeah. um just that um obviously everyone will set up their own management structure for us we had a uh, kind of exec team business managers and then kind of nine operations managers covering the sites and functions but what in the same vein as kind of what you wish you'd uh, I think it's just we talked about communication but it's a lot about listening and involving people and actually making sure that on any management level you know any exec structure or anything that you've got absolute involvement from everywhere um, and that you're listening to the teams because it's too easy with a fast-paced merger to, to go off in one direction and then people feel um, kind of that they've been left behind and it's, you know, going from one site to five sites with yeah, so many people, it, it's just making sure that everyone's involved all the time. I think you know, I like we've heard from that and hopefully doing better at that now. Um, but it's um, crucial. So that's interesting, isn't it? So we've finished, and this is a classic practice manager thing, isn't it? One very practical, watch your NHS app, and one, well, the soft skills, make sure you're listening to people. And that is sort of sums up, doesn't it, the world of practice management, really. You've got to sort of spin those plates. Um, but it sounds like you've both done an amazing job. It's been really helpful to talk to you both. So, and if anybody wants to think you of merging, want to find out any more, both the details of Sue Scott and Matt Perkins are on our um, Wessex LMC's internet page. And do have a look at the um, their practice manager pages there, practice manager supporter pages and um they can, their details are there or do um don't hesitate to contact me and i can certainly put you in touch with them but um thank you sue thank you matt and um, it sounds like you've both done an amazing job with that and it's been fantastic talking to you thanks so much bye-bye bye bye we hope you enjoyed listening to that podcast if you want to find out a little bit more one of our practice managers has written a fantastic book um, practice merger considerations for practice managers. So have a look on our website. So that's um, www.w6lmcs.com. And if you just put in the search bar, practice mergers, and you'll see the document. And that will be a, hopefully a very good resource for you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Wessex LMCs, supporting you and your practice.